I'd heard about prostate cancer. Most men have. I even knew about the heightened risk for black men, which, when adjusted, means that it affects one in three of us. One in three. But this was only meant to happen to old men. Other men. <laughs> that wasn't until it happened to me. I couldn't make these stories up. These are the stories, the good, the bad and the unbelievable about my prostate cancer journey. So strap yourself in and let's go. Episode 22. On the radio, they should have said delays can be life-changing. I was sitting with my friend Charles in the staff canteen and we were putting the world to rights. Just like me, he believed in corporal punishment and we should be making examples of the youth. If they were flogged in public, they certainly wouldn't be doing what they're doing. He was going to be my chief justice minister and I was going to be a dictator. Happy days it was. Now, I knew of Alberto. I'd seen him around the place and nodded at him a few times, but I'd never actually spoken to him. He came over and interrupted myself and Charles to thank me for the prostate cancer talk that I did for the workplace a few weeks ago. And he said to me, would I like to hear the story of his dad? Now, asking me if I'd like to hear a story about prostate cancer is like saying to a starving spider, look, I've got a couple of big juicy flies here. They've already been dipped in sauce. Would you like them? I said, nothing would delight me better. And we arranged to meet his dad. About a week later, I met Alberto in a reception with his dad Giovanni and his wife Rosa. Now, Giovanni certainly didn't look 65. I would have believed him if he said he was 55. I would definitely have taken another 10 off for his wife. If I am here next week and I am not run over, then I was generous or pretty near the mark for her. We shook hands, smiled and ventured over to the road to one of my favourite highway robbery coffee shops. The three of us ventured upstairs to try and find a seat while Alberta was robbed at the tills for a couple of coffees and a tea. coffee shops and a particular fast food burger restaurant have one main thing in common. They're both full of table blockers who manage to block off a table for the price of a coffee and are happy to stay the whole day there. It's comparing two groups of hobos, one with laptops sucking up the free Wi-Fi and another without. You may have guessed that I was slightly irritated that there was a lack of free tables but we managed to find the last one. Giovanni had been a carpenter his whole life and he had just retired late in 2018. He had many plans to do that he could not do while he was working. Instead, he started off his first week of retirement with hospital visits and investigations. This would leave him filled with worries and anxieties. I asked him what he knew of his father's health and he said his father came from that generation where they went to the doctor and the doctor examined them gave them some medicine, and they never asked any questions. With the absence of grandchildren, they mentioned that more than once in our conversation, 
and I could feel the target that was hand-scribbled on Alberta's forehead. He was looking forward to travelling the world with his lovely wife Rosa. Rosa is a nurse and certainly does not look like she will be retiring anytime soon. Giovanni had just gone to his doctor's for a small mole on his leg, just before his holiday. The doctor suggested that he should also have a PSA test due to his age. This is one of those doctors that hadn't read those reports that they shouldn't offer PSA tests. Hmm. There was no rush, however, as he could take it once he came back from holiday. Giovanni left it a few more weeks before he returned to get his PSA tested. When the results came back a couple of weeks later, his PSA levels were slightly elevated compared to the test he last took a few years ago, but they were still within the normal range. His GP texted him back and invited him in for the digital rectal examination. There was another delay of three weeks for this appointment as the senior GP who needed to do the test had a heavy workload. That very same morning that Giovanni had come back to the surgery for his digital rectal examination, his doctor had heard on the radio that the government had set new PSA guidelines for different age groups rather than the one normal range for all. As his PSA level was now over the new level for his age group, he was referred to hospital for an MRI scan and then finally a biopsy. I asked him if he experienced the infamous peen razor blades effect. This is where, in my experience, and only a few others that I'd spoken to, about a day after the biopsy, I was just watering the king as you do, and within seconds I was gripping the sink for dear life, as I experienced the most excruciating pain I'd ever had as I was peeing out razor blades. I was later to find out that what was happening was that I was passing out the blood clots from my biopsy. Giovanni looked at me inquisitively and shrugged his shoulders. He had no idea what I was talking about. It was just me. Just lucky, lucky me then. Well, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that's a surprise. If a cancerous tumour is found, then another important scoring system kicks in. This is called the Gleason score, and it is used to describe the aggressiveness of prostate cancer. At its simplest, the Gleason score is a measure of how aggressive or non-aggressive a prostate cancer tumour is. How's the score derived? Again, a simple answer. A medical professional, a pathologist, visually examines a biopsy sample under a microscope and makes a judgment based on what he or she sees there. The biopsy sample, called a core, is removed from the prostate using a hollow needle. The pathologist examines the core and assigns scores from one to five based on how disorganized, irregular, and well, just how messy things look. A good general definition of cancer is an abnormal growth of cells which tend to proliferate in an uncontrolled way. And that's exactly what the pathologist is looking for, abnormal growth and uncontrolled proliferation. A Gleason 1 looks pretty much like the normal prostate glands, and it represents a very slow-growing, non-aggressive form of the cancer, almost a non-cancer. A 2 shows a little bit more space between the glands, and a little irregularity, but still it's very slow growing. Here's what a three looks like. It's an intermediate form of the cancer, but still not very aggressive. Now four, and now five. These last two represent the most aggressive form of the cancer. 
So the pathologist examines the core and assigns a score to any cancer he or she sees. Typically, there are two scores per core. The first, or primary score, represents the most prevalent form of cancer, and the second, the less prevalent form. That's why you'll hear or read things like Gleason 6, 3 plus 3, or Gleason 9, 4 plus 5. Here's where it gets a little tricky. A Gleason 7 does not always equal a Gleason 7. The order of the two scores is important. A 4 plus 3, 7 can be very different than a 3 plus 4, 7. The first, the 4 plus 3, is likely to require fairly dramatic treatment because the cancer cells graded 4 are most prevalent. The 3 plus 4, 7 might be best handled with ongoing observation, what we call active surveillance, because less aggressive cancer is most prevalent. In general, a Gleason score of 6 or less, or a 3 plus 4, 7, are going to require active surveillance. A 4 plus 3, 7, and scores above 8 are going to require some form of hormone therapy, radiation, surgery, or chemotherapy. Now in my case, my Gleason score was 3 plus 4 equals 7. Had it been 4 plus 3 equals 7, that would have meant the largest part of the tumour was very aggressive. Giovanni's Gleason score was 7. A Gleason score of 8 is described as highly aggressive. Prostate cancer would show it has a sense of humour and don a Santa Claus uniform and deliver the news to Giovanni on Christmas Eve. Had he come in for the check earlier, he would have been sent home after the PSA result because it was within the limits at that time. Generally, delays in treating or detecting prostate cancer are never a good thing. But for Giovanni, it was life-changing. There was a delay in taking the blood test. There was a delay in having the digital rectal examination. And finally, there was a GP who was on the ball, innocently listening to the radio on that particular day at that particular time. Without these three factors, the end result could have been a very different story. Giovanni went to the hospital to speak to the consultant. I told them the choices that I had and how I had made the decision to have radical surgery. He went through the list of side effects and added one more that I didn't know about. Apparently, the specialist nurse told him that if he goes down the route of brachytherapy, where radioactive seeds are inserted into the prostate, he will have to stay away from pregnant women and cannot have children sitting on his lap. This is while the seeds are active and they would stay in the body permanently. They both looked at Alberto again when they said that. The thought of not being able to cuddle future grandchildren was too much. Alberto took the burning spotlight and target on his forehead in his stride. Bless him. He'd obviously been getting it for a while. At 35, he was getting old, which just made them even more keener. In the end, Giovanni had decided to undergo the radical operation. I told him what to expect, giving him the roadmap that I'd wished I'd been given. I laid it all out for him. The catheter, the incontinence, blood thinners, impotent stitches, the pump. I gave him the works. He also has read much of the blog at the time. He was surprised, as he had never heard the information laid out in a roadmap. We both agreed that doctors probably don't want to give patients too much information at the start and scare them off, and instead just drip-feed it to them. Everybody is different though, and he was grateful he got it all up front so he could peel off 
what he really needed. What made me smile was the fact that he was more bothered about the surgery putting a temporary dent in his travel plans than anything else. We went from earlier formal handshakes to being old friends and beer hugs as we said our goodbyes. I told Giovanni to please keep me in touch and if he needed to talk at any time, he just had to say. And also, please, let me know how the operation goes. The structure of the prostrate gland is a blessing and a curse. It's an enclosed ball that will keep the cancerous tuna contained until it ruptures. That's the blessing. The curse is that we don't conclusively know how to check it without the invasive biopsy procedure. Still, the health service think it's in men's best interest to not mass screen for the PSA, even for men in vulnerable groups or of a certain age. What do I know? You also have to question how effective was the official mechanism for informing doctors of the PSA changes related to age. Again, had Giovanni's doctor not listened to the radio at that particular time, on that particular day, this could have been very different. I said to him somebody was looking down on him and he totally agreed that it was God looking down on him. If there are two horses in a race and I pick one, you pick the other. You should know that when it comes to me, even if the other horse has three bow legs, it's manky, it's got one eye, it's tongues hanging out to one side, it's got a crook neck, and the Incredible Hulk happens to be its jockey, and he's eating a tuna sandwich. That's the horse you pick, not the one that I picked. I'm going to ask Giovanni what horse he's going to bet on in the next Grand National. And while you're here, give me some lottery numbers. Alberto and his brother Mario will need to have regular PSA tests once they hit their mid-40s. I also said I would remind Alberto they still wanted grandchildren. That target hasn't gone away yet. Thank <laughs> you.